Welcome to this new episode of the European Hoops Podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and this is our basketball expert, Diogo Valente. Hi guys, hope everything's doing okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of European Hoops Podcast. So, André, let us know, man, what do we have for today? On today's episode, we bring you a combined episode where we will be bringing you quick recaps of round 12, where we have reached the middle of this uh, doubleheader week and also preview the action of round 13 that starts already tomorrow. This episode will be coming out Wednesday evening in Europe and uh, Wednesday morning in the United States with games taking place during the evening in Europe of Thursday. We want to put these episodes out in time for all of you to be able to keep up with everything that is happening in the EuroLeague and this will be one of the changes. We will be bringing you many changes starting from January, from the end of December already. You will start seeing some things here and there. We have big plans for the European Hoops podcast, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to share it with a friend. It's very important for us on this stage to be able to continue to grow. We have been growing considerably, and we are thankful for that. We need to be able to continue to grow to be able to bring you this episode for free, week after week, several times a week, almost every day of the week for you guys. And uh, also, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at League, as that's the best way to get an alert every time we release a new episode. We will start with our preview of the game between Alba and Ephes, and let's quickly look into the how did those two teams performed on round 12. Both of them will arrive of this game around 13 between these two teams with coming from wins. Ephes was able to beat Paratinaikos 71-68 and Alba was able to beat Chalgiris in also a very competitive game that ended 64-62. In the Ephes Paratinaikos game, the MVP of the game was Tariq Jones. He is starting to get comfortable on the EuroLeague and we can tell that and see that after this dominant performance. He ended the game with 21 points, 13 rebounds and uh, 4 steals and 1 block. It was a all-around performance by Ty Jones in a game that the team truly needed him. Uh, FS came into the game stronger. They were winning by 8 after the first quarter. Paratinakos was able to come back and heading into the, the fourth quarter they were ahead, 52-50. to 50, But in the end, with a 21-16 fourth quarter, FS was able to lock this win in a, in a stage of the competition where they have been dealing with uh, many injuries it's a very important win for FS to keep their aspirations al- alive against a Paratinaikos that has been showing to be one of the strongest teams of the EuroLeague. Points of turnovers were one of the keys of this game. FS was able to outscore Paratinaikos in points of, of turnovers 19-7. to They were also able to out-rebound uh, Paratinaikos 40-32 to and they just took better care of the ball, especially when it mattered the most. They they ended the game with nine turnovers against 16 from Palatinaikos. And those were the key aspects of this game and uh, of FS being able to secure this victory. For Alba, and uh, in our preview, we had pointed out how important Tiaman would be against uh, this Jalgiris team. And he tends to be a very 
key player for the Alba team as he can bring stability and can the, be the veteran presence that this uh, young Alba team needs to have. He was the MVP of the game and he ended the game with uh, 16 points and 6 rebounds in a game where Alba was able to have 11 second chance points against only 2 from Jalgiris. That was an aspect of the game where they were able to be dominant and to impose themselves. In the end of the game, 23 turnovers by Jalgiris were way too many for them to be able to stay on this low-scoring game and just gave enough chances to Alba to, to be able to, in the end of the game, to secure this win, their second win in the, the competition so far. And uh, with this, they they were able to to tie with Asphalt despite still being at the bottom of the standings. Let's now look into this game of round 13. FS has been having some injury issues. They certainly will want to be able to lock this win and to secure this road win that would be important for FS in, again, a moment that they have many injuries to be able to secure and to lock this win to keep their playoff aspirations alive and to keep getting closer to that. How can they do that? I think even with the injuries, uh, FS should be the favorite here. Uh, Alba is a very inexperienced team and this is the type of matchup where FS should uh, be able to come out with the win. But it's not going to be easy, obviously. Uh, we know uh, Alba likes to, to score a lot. They like to run. They like to shoot. So I think that could be a formula to, to beat FS, uh, even though... Lately, FH has been shooting a lot more and, and they've been playing like we asked them to play for years now. So uh, it, it has been a, a pleasant surprise to see FH play like that. It's just a matter of having the personnel on the court to be able to execute that, that style of play. Uh, but I think it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, I would probably lean FH just because of the experience they have, especially with Shane. Uh, but I think it's going to be a very entertaining game and I think Alba has a chance to, to come out with the win. The next game of round 13 puts face to face Paratinaikos and Real Madrid. We already went over the loss of Paratinaikos in Istanbul against Efes. Let's look how did Real Madrid performed on round 12 and they were able to secure an important road win in Greece against Olympiakos. We know that that's always a very hard court and um, Despite the loss, Olympiacos was able to, to a point, contain the firepower of Real Madrid, allowing them only 77 points. The MVP of this game was Mario Azonia, and the top scorer for Real Madrid and top scorer of the game was Zana Musa. This was a game the, that was as hard fought as we could have expected it to be. Olympiacos was able to defend well. Uh, they only turn over the ball six times. They took very good care of the ball against 13 turnovers that they were able to cause on uh, Real Madrid. In the end of the day, they just weren't able. They didn't have enough firepower to be able to beat this Real Madrid team. And despite Olympiacos being able to outscore Real Madrid in points of turnovers, 19 against 7, they outscore Real Madrid in second chance points, 17 against 9. They were able to fight to stay on this game but uh, 
they weren't able to be efficient enough. Real Madrid shot 45.5% from three, shooting 10 out of 22, while Olympiacos shot only 27.3%, 9 out of 33. And that just wasn't enough for them to produce enough offensively and for them to be able to to beat this uh, Real Madrid team. Paratinecos seems to have found themselves. They are playing at a very high level. Real Madrid is the best team in the competition so far. Uh, what can we expect this game? Will Real Madrid be able to come out of Greece with two very important, very hard wins? What do you expect to see on this matchup between Paratinaikos and Real Madrid? I think this has the potential to be the game of the season so far. Uh, obviously, with the way Panathinaikos has been playing and with the talent that Real Madrid has, I really think we're in for a great one here. Um, I think for Panathinaikos, they definitely need to be good on the boards and they have done a, a much better job uh, since the pairing of Mitoglu with Lasort, And I think both those guys need to be at the top, I mean, and I mean the top of their games, to, to really compete with Real Madrid's bigs, and I mean, Poirier and Walter Tavares and Gabriel Beck. So uh, I think they I think they have a chance there to compete in the front court. And then the guards, it's going to be such so many elite matchups here. I mean, you have so many great guards, Slukas, Campazzo, Grant, Nunn, uh, Musa, uh, Sergio Rodriguez. I mean, it's just going to be high-level basketball all around. Uh, I think the three-point shooting is going to be very important in this matchup. Uh, Panathinaikos is not known to be the greatest three-point shooting team, and Real Madrid shoots a lot and, and makes a lot. So I think Panathinaikos definitely needs to do a, a good job guarding the three, like they did uh, against Partizan. Uh, I think that would be a good way to look at it. And, and they just they just got to be efficient. They got to keep the ball moving. They got to keep driving and kicking it out, finding open shooters. I think that's the way for them to, to try to beat Real Madrid. Real Madrid is a challenging team for any opponent on this edition of the EuroLeague. But I do give a chance to Paratinaikos to be able to be competitive on uh, this game. And it's very hard to come out of a, a doubleheader week in, with two games in Greece. And uh, Real Madrid certainly has the, the ability and the talent to do it. But... Um, I do expect Paratinaikos to be able to put up a fight. The next game will put face-to-face two teams that um, played overtimes on round 12, Partizan against Milano. But uh, these two teams had different fights during this round 12. Partizan was able to secure a very important win against Monaco, 89-85, to in a game where Mike James, once again, uh, was incredible and sent the game to to overtime, tying the game at uh, 72. In overtime, Partizan was able to come out of the game with uh, the win in a game where James Nunnally was MVP, but we are seeing Kevin Panther getting more and more comfortable, and he was the top scorer of the game with uh, 25 points. In this uh, matchup between um, Partizan and Monaco, Monaco was able to have the best in second chance points and they were able to to put up a fight in the the fight for the boards. It is so important and was so important for the the outcome of this game. But the truth is that uh, Partizan, despite uh, losing the, the battle of the boards or tying the battle of the boards at 36 and losing the battle of the turnovers 16 against 12, 
they just had a better shooting night. They they were able to be a more efficient team, especially from two points where they ended the game 21 from 33, shooting 63.6% against Olympiacos that shot, shot 22 from 44, only 50%. And that was the edge for Partizan on, uh, on this game. And that was what gave them an advantage to, in the end of this uh, over time to be able to secure this very important four-point wins that gets them one step closer to the playoffs where Monaco is. They still belong to the top half of the, the standings of the EuroLeague despite uh, this loss in Belgrade. Partizan is starting to, to show themselves as a real contender and as a top contender. Milano, on the other hand, they had a costly loss on the road after overtime as well against Bayern Munich, 91-84. to A game where Carson Edwards was the, the game MVP. He ended the game with uh, 32 points. And we have spoken over and over again how talent-wise this Bayern Munich in a good day can uh, match and beat anyone and. Uh, when these backcourt younger players are able to to have good performance, how important they are for for this team to be able to secure wins. Sergi Baca was again important for this Bayern team. He led the the game in rebounds with twelve, and he really is a a very important presence for this Bayern team and for their aspirations. Looking now to the game of round. 13 that will put face to face to Partizan Milano and this will be a very hard double header week for Milano after losing the first uh, hand of this double header week against Bayern on the road they will need to go to Belgrade and to be able to find themselves a way to put up a fight against this very strong Partizan team what do you expect to be the outcome of uh, this game I expect Partizan to win uh, I mean I mean Obviously, they've been playing at a better level. Now with Kevin Parner back, they're going to have a very tough game against Monaco. But regardless of that score, I think they're going to be able to beat Milano. Not only because they are at home. I think if the game was in Italy, I would still lean partisan. I think they are the better team. And they're definitely in a better moment now. So I definitely think partisan should come out with a win. Overall, I just see them as the better team and the better well-rounded team. So uh, I believe Partizan should comfortably come up with a win. The next game of round 13 will put face-to-face Jalgiris and Monaco, two teams that, as we already recapped on this episode, lost their games against uh, Alba and Partizan, respectively. This is a game where I expect that Jalgiris playing at home will be able to put up a fight against this uh, Monaco team. Sumner was able to play uh, nine minutes on their matchup against Album. Him being able to give them more and start growing to the role that we expect to see from him will be important in a game that we know how important the battle of backcourts is. But um, I think that this Monaco team is a very tough matchup for this uh, Jalgiris team. Do you agree? Not only Monaco has the talent and the firepower to, to score, but they, they do have the size advantage over Zalgiris as well. So it's going to be very hard for Zagiris to to be able to 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 match against that and to overcome all of those advantages from Monaco to to get the win. Uh, I think Mike James is the best player on the floor. The second best player on the floor would probably be Jordan Lloyd for me. I just think Monaco has way too much for Zagiris to to be able to to compete. Uh, I expect Zagiris to to fight and to grind, to try to play hard defense and to try to be disciplined offensively. 
to, to try to upset Monaco, but I, I just don't see it happening. The next game of round 13 will put face-to-face Olympiacos and Bayern, the two teams that, uh, as we recapped, had different fights on the round 12. Olympiacos lost at home against Real Madrid 71-77. Bayern was able to secure an overtime win against Milano playing at home 91-84. to On this matchup, I do expect Olympiacos to be able to bounce back, make use of their superior experience and their ability to impose themselves into games against this less experienced uh, Bayern team. Do you, do you agree? And that's how you expect this game to unroll? Well, I definitely think it's going to be super competitive, uh, but I agree with you. The the fact that it's in Greece and the experience that Olympiakos has and, and the way they play defense, uh, I think they have the edge here in this matchup. Uh, I do think the rebounding and the the inside presence for both of these teams is very good. So I think that's going to be some elite matchups in there in the paint with Ibaka, Milutinov, Fall, uh, Devin Booker. I think that's going to be so high level. And, and I'm really going to enjoy that. Uh, but I think Olympiacos, they play better defense. They are more consistent, especially defensively. And they have the bodies to to really match Bayern's biggest strength, which is rebounding and paint presence with Ibaka. So I think Olympiacos has the pieces to win this game. I think Bayern is a better team offensively. I think they have better scorers and more options uh, as far as scoring. Uh, but they got to be able to get through Olympiacos' defense. And that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I expect a guy like Carson Edwards to be very important here and a guy like Silver Francisco too uh, because uh, a lot of times I say guys like Carson Edwards or Silver Francisco take bad shots or, or make bad decisions or try to rush their shots. But in a game like this, uh, I think uh, short-term memory for the shooters could, could be a very good thing here because it, with such tight defenses, you need guys to, to be a little bit crazy sometimes and... and their ability to play one-on-one and to drive and to shoot and to just break out uh, Olympiacos' defense could be uh, a plus for Bayern here if it goes right. So uh, I definitely think those two guys are going to be very important for, for Bayern's chances in this game. Bayern's ability to replicate what they did in their game against uh, Milano certainly will be important for them to have a shot to go into Greece and to be able to beat Olympiacos on this game. The next game that we'll be looking at on this round 13 is a game that will put face-to-face Virtus and Maccabi, two teams that were able to secure wins on round 12. And uh, both of them had very competitive games, with Virtus having a special, impressive comeback against uh, Barcelona, winning 80-75. to While Maccabi went to play at, on the road against Aswell and was able to win in a high-scoring game, 91-2. to 94. For Maccabi, Wade Baldwin was the MVP of the game and was the top performer of the game, uh, having scored 21 points and adding to his personal count 8 assists and 1 steal. This was a game where Maccabi was able to out-rebound Aswell 43-32, to but Aswell is really showing signs of improvement. They were able to take very good care of the ball in this game. They only turned over the ball 8 times. And that was one of the reasons that allowed them to, to stay in the game, despite not being very efficient from behind the arc, where they shot 7 out of 26, shooting 26.9% on this game. Uh, Maccabi, in the end, has more firepower, and they were able to, to secure the 94-91 to, to 91 road win, another important win for their aspirations to 
to stay on the, the playoff fight and to fight to have home court advantage in the first round of the, the playoffs. This was a game with uh, one minute and 40 seconds to play. Uh, two free throws from uh, Geoffrey Laverne gave the two-point lead for um, Asvel, but uh, Lorenzo Brown was able to tie the game and to then put Maccabi in the lead of the game, 87-85. to, to 85. And ne- then uh, Maccabi never looked back, never allowed uh, Aswell to tie the game or to, to be in the lead of the game again. And with the two free throws from uh, Lorenzo Brown, he was able to close the final score, 91-94. to 94. For Virtus, they were down for as many as 16 points. And after going into halftime, losing 33-45, to 45, they were able to come back in an impressive fashion. fashion. And uh, they were led by Ifes Lundberg that had a very important game, and especially in clutch time, he was very important for this uh, Virtus team. He ended the game with uh, 21 points. And uh, in the, this matchup, he was the, the MVP and the, the best player for Virtus once again, especially in the way that he was able to close the game and play for them in the clutch time. Let me start our preview with a question. Do you think that uh, these Virtus and these Maccabi teams are teams that play similar styles or very different styles of basketball? Virtus uh, is more turned to team basketball, uh, to playing, getting stops and then running, uh, sharing the ball, getting open shots. And I think Maccabi is more of a team to play one-on-one basketball with those two guards leading the way. And then from that, from there, finding open guys and getting the bigs involved too. Sometimes with Bonzi Colson can playing in the low post or just coming outside and shoot. So I think these teams are kind of different. Uh, I see Maccabi with more options on the inside, uh, with more guys being able to to make some damage in the paint, while Virtus is most of it is on the perimeter. And that's why I don't think these teams are similar. Uh, I believe... Virtus playing at home should have uh, an advantage here, uh, even though, uh, of course, Maccabi always has a chance. They're one of the best teams in the competition. Uh, but I think Virtus and their play style could be hurtful for, for Maccabi. I believe Virtus, uh, with their passing ability and their ability to, to break down the defense with the passing, uh, I think that's going to give them a, an edge over Maccabi. Because on the other end, Virtus is just a, a solid defensive team like they're not the most disruptive team or anything like that, but they just play solid defense and they don't allow other teams to, to just dominate them. Uh, unless you're Real Madrid or Bayern Munich, uh, it seems like. <laughs> uh, no, but I just think they are a better shooting team. So uh, I think they have all the elements to, to really beat Maccabi. Obviously, Maccabi has a chance. Like I said, with those two guards and the talent that they have and the bigs, they always have a chance. But uh, with these two types of play... I'm always benefit the the team the team the teamwork the ball movement and the shooting so uh, I'll invert it for that. The next game of round 13 between Basconia and uh, Red Star takes us to the last two recaps of round 12 that we have left. A very important one point win of Basconia at home against Fenerbahce in a game that we expected to be competitive and that the Spanish team was able to, to win. And a comeback to wins of Valencia, a game that we also predicted to go this way, and Valencia was able to confirm the favoritism that we gave them. But this was a very competitive game where Valencia was able to win 85 to 81 against the Red Star that continues to struggle on the road. In the end of the game, Jovic had a 
across the court, very, very risky pass. But Brandon Davis that uh, came out of this game as one of the top performers and as the, the top scorer of the game with 21 points, was able to secure the pass and s- probably secure the win for, for Valencia. Uh, Brandon Davis that was playing on uh, a hurt ankle, but he was still able to, to play and to contribute at a very high level. And he was very important for Valencia to come out of this game with a win. For Basconia in this uh, highly, highly competitive game against um, Fenerbahce, they went into the fourth quarter leading by only two points in a game that was competitive throughout after in the first quarter Fenerbahce having an eight-point lead after starting better the game with an 18-10 first quarter in favor of Fenerbahce. Basconia was able to punch back and in the second quarter they were able to score 28 points and uh, they went into halftime with a one-point lead, 38-37. to 37. The third and fourth quarter were very balanced ones with teams changing, exchanging baskets. In the end of the game, Basconia came out on top with another very important win and it's a team that is playing again at a very high level. And it's not coincidence that uh, Marcus Howard had once again a very big offensive output. He was the top scorer of the game with 28 points and we know how important Marcus Howard is for this Pascone team. He is their go-to guy and he proved that once again. Let's then look at uh, this game of round 13 between Basconia and uh, Red Star. On the preview of round 12, we told you that uh, Valencia had an edge against this Red Star team, with Red Star really struggling to be consistent and playing on the road. Is this a similar situation? Yeah, uh, I think Basconia is definitely in a better momentum. And ever since Coach Ivanovic came in, they I think they've only lost to Monaco. I may be wrong, uh, or Panathinaikos too. Hold on, let me just check. Uh, no, uh, they've only lost to Monaco since Coach Ivanovic came in. So they are definitely in a great momentum. The Coach Ivanovic has them playing a very decent defense for, for the personnel that they have. And with Red Star struggles playing on the road, uh, I think Basconia has every chance here to, to get another win and, and to keep rolling with the with the run that they're having. Like They've won, I think, five of the last six or four of the last five. So they are in a great momentum now. And I think this game will, will be the same thing. I think they're going to be able to, to keep scoring at a high level and to play consistent enough defensively to, to hold Red Star down. Yeah, Basconi has in the, this game against Red Star a premium opportunity to keep the building on that good momentum and they will want to try to come out of this doubleheader week with two wins after being able to beat Fenerbahce by one point. They will try to again uh, keep building on what they are doing and that consistency that you speak about and that consistency that we speak about so many times regarding Basconia and especially their defensive consistency will once again be important for them to be able to impose themselves against the Red Star. The next game will put face-to-face Barcelona and Fenerbahce. And uh, while uh, Fenerbahce certainly wouldn't want to come out of Spain with two losses, both them and Barcelona will want to bounce back on uh, this game. And uh, Fenerbahce comes came into this doubleheader as the only team that was able to beat Real Madrid. And they certainly came motivated. They lost by one point in Basconi in a very, very competitive game. But it certainly won't be easy to, to beat Barcelona with Barcelona playing at home and wanting to bounce back. 
No, not at all. I mean, obviously, uh, I think Barcelona is the better team, but these are two very good rosters. And if we were to discuss this matchup uh, before the season started, uh, I think we would have given we were, we would have probably given Fenerbahce the edge here uh, because we were very high on them to, to start the season. Uh, I think you especially, and I, I was a bit lower than you on Barcelona too, and they've surprised me a lot. Uh, but I think these are two teams with very good roster, very complete rosters on both sides of the floor. Uh, it's just that Barcelona has been able to be a lot more consistent, and that's why they they are much higher in the standings. But I do think Fenerbahce has a chance to be competitive in this game, and then when when you get to the to the end of the game and it's close, and you have guys like Scotty Wilbekin, Goodrich, Tyler Dorsey, Nigel Hayes Davis, I mean. You have a lot of options. You can really win this game. Uh, I think Barcelona should be the favorites uh, because they they move the ball very well. They shoot at an extremely high level and they take care of the ball too. They, they are a very consistent team on both sides. And Fenerbahce hasn't shown that level of consistency. And I don't know if they can disrupt Barcelona's offense enough to, to get them out of their game. So I, And I think if Barcelona is able to play their game, they, they will be able to win. So I, I just don't see Fenerbahce being able to create enough problems to Barcelona defensively. And, and that's why I believe Barcelona will get the win. I expect this game between Barcelona and Fenerbahce to be highly competitive and highly entertaining and a game that will be worth it to tune in for. The last game of round 13 and the last preview that we have for this episode is the game that will put face-to-face Asphalt and Valencia. Asphalt is playing better. They might have more firepower than Valencia. Valencia was able to conquer... Uh, a win at home against Red Star and come back to wins. And overall, I believe that Valencia has shown more than Asphalt. But I do expect this to be a very competitive game, uh, with Brandon Davis having played injured the first hand of this doubleheader. Uh, maybe he will be limited into this game, and I think he will be very important once again for Valencia on this matchup against Asphalt. I do think that Asphalt has a very good chance to try to claim a win playing at home on this game against Valencia. But it's a game that can go either way with two teams with very different styles. What do you expect from this matchup? Well, uh, again, just like the previous game we previewed for Valencia against Red Star, I think these are two completely different teams. Uh, Valencia, uh, who has been a great defensive team, but struggling a lot offensively. And Asvel, it's the other way around. They've been scoring at, a, at an insane level, but they haven't been able to play defense at the same level. They, they've been struggling a lot. They, they allow way too many points. And like last game against Barcelona, it was 101 to 92. So scoring 92 is great, but giving up 101, I mean, you're not going to win many games like that at, at this level. Uh, so I think this game could be very entertaining because of that contrast between both these teams. Uh, I do believe Asvel should be considered the favorite because they've been playing at a, a very good level. Uh, they scored the ball. Uh, very well, and I don't think Valencia has enough to keep up with the way Asvel can score and the way they can shoot. Uh, so I definitely think Valencia needs to improve their three-point shot because it's back-to-back games now where they scored five threes and they missed twenty plus. So uh, it, that's not going to cut it. You're not going to win games like that. So I think Asvel should be considered favorites just because of their firepower and their ability to score which I don't think Valencia can keep up with. This takes us to the end of another episode of the European Hoops podcast. 
As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any new episodes that we release. Share the podcast with a friend. That's very important. Now more than ever that we'll be bringing you many, many, many news very soon here on the European Hoops podcast. Make sure to share with a friend that uh, likes the EuroLeague, that is interested in following the EuroLeague. We will make you a promise that we will continue to bring you the best content we care uh, we can and continue to cover the EuroLeague at the level we have been doing and improve and do even better on that front. Follow us on Twitter at Tito's EuroLeague and as always I will be talking with you guys very soon. Bye guys, see you on the next episode.